Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast. Like, she's fascinated by this building. So the fact that her name is on there is like, ooh, cool. But then it's like, no, 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 you have a job to do. Like, don't get involved with this. As soon as your finger makes contact with the glass, you hear this, like someone is leaning over your shoulder and whispering into your ear. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Did you hear that? Is Did you see someone? I feel like I have anything, any kind of research. In fact, the only clue I found was this newspaper article. Have you guys run into anything that helped you a little bit? Because I'm, I'm stumped. Isn't it wild how it's all coming together and yet coming together literally not at all? Like, I still have no idea what's going on. <laughs> like... And you, like, turn the symbol to show both Dahlia and Chip. And you say, tell me, have you seen the yellow sign? And I choose the two of you to come with me on every single one instead of, you know, a fellow agent or a man or something. Uh, because I know that there's no one I'd rather have at my side uh, in the toughest of times and the strangest of investigations. Please, please, you have to get me out of here. I, I've been trapped up here for, I don't know, it feels like it's been a year. I've just, I've been up here so long. I, I need you to get me out of here. Please, please help me. She's like, this man is not coming with us. Like, I cannot be more clear. Like, the three of us are leaving this room and this man is staying inside. The Night Floors. Date unknown. David Langford was afraid. But then again, he had been afraid almost constantly since he had found himself in this place, whatever it was. It wasn't fear of something immediate. He hadn't seen or heard anything for what felt like days. But the fear never seemed to subside because he knew something dangerous was always around the corner. But David was also hungry, and so he had ventured out from one room, knowing he'd never find it again, to try to find something to eat. David kept close to the walls of the hallway, brushing up against the gold trimming and trying to keep his footfalls as quiet as possible on the burgundy carpet. He never knew what he'd find behind any given door. It could be food, or trash, or a pool of blood, and he found himself hesitating to open one. But he was so hungry. He was just about to open one of the doors in the hallway when he heard the loudest sound he'd ever heard ring out all around him. It sounded like someone had struck a bell the size of a semi-truck. He covered his eyes and ducked down, expecting the worst. But as soon as the sound came, it disappeared. Almost by instinct, David looked around to see if he could locate the source. He turned one way, seeing nothing, and then turned his head the other way and peered down the long hallway and saw a group of people running across a perpendicular hallway, dressed in silver robes and wearing white masks. A chill ran down David's spine. This was a different type of fear, and he grabbed for the nearest door handle, throwing himself inside. As David peered around the room, he found that, for the first time in a very long time, he had been lucky. Rather than something terrible, he had found himself in an abandoned hotel room with a room service cart full of food sitting at the foot of the bed. He had learned long ago to eat what he could, when he could, and so without a second thought, he began to shovel the food into his mouth. As he ate, his mind flashed to the people in silver robes and white masks, and he shivered again with fear. He had seen those robes before. He wasn't sure how long ago it had been. It felt like he'd been up here for weeks, or months, or even years, but he remembered it like it was yesterday, the day he had come to the McAllister building. The day had been average enough. He had been out in the city on calls all afternoon, and he had almost decided to call it and head home. But he had already been in Kipps Bay, and so he decided, just as it was getting dark, to make one final stop, the McAllister building. He had tried to go to the roof to disconnect service for a particular tenant who was overdue on their bill, but he had never found the roof. 
He had found instead a room that looked like a gentleman's club or a smoking lounge of some sort, complete with leather furniture, a fully stocked wet bar, and a humidor. David had to admit to himself that at first he had been intrigued. He had looked around the room for a few moments, had even sat down in one of the chairs to think. But he had wanted to get home, and so he moved back to the door to the stairs and opened it, and had seen that same silver robe and white mask. But the person wearing them hadn't been running. He had been lying, sprawled out on the ground, clearly dead. David had jumped back in surprise, slammed the door shut, and sprinted from the smoking lounge, or whatever it was. And that was the last time David had seen that room, or the lower three floors of the McAllister building. He had been trapped here ever since. The sound of gunshots broke David from his reverie, and he dove down next to the bed, cowering in the corner of the room. He was sure this was it, that whoever had fired that gun would be coming into the room next and would finish him off once and for all. But the next sound he heard wasn't more gunshots, and it wasn't the door to the room opening. It was a man's voice. He listened more closely and heard the man say, The United States government sends me on my missions because I'm expendable, but Delta Green sends us on our missions because we're good. David's heart lifted. This, finally, didn't sound like something or someone that meant him harm. It sounded like someone who could help. One of my least favorite things about <laughs> no, that's 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 All not a fair thing to say. <laughs> what I what I hate about everyone here, no, I just <laughs> I, I we we just had such a good conversation about what we thought about comedy, and we were talking about how Sarah always says that she hates comedy, which is a, a, a which is a, a real take, maybe a hotter take than me not liking movies. I think it's actually a pretty cold take. <laughs> but I didn't, we didn't get it's any cold. of it recorded because I hadn't I hadn't started recording yet. So it, it really it really is a, is a real shame when we miss out on conversations like that. But you're all just going to have to know that we have decided as a group that comedy is better when you're not making fun of people. I'm not sure whether yeah. I agree with that, but at least Sarah and Lindsay and Mikey all prefer when no one's being made fun of. That well, let's be. I said I <laughs> don't like people being mean. I don't necessarily. Ah, mean, yes. I, think, I think yeah. I think that there's a I think that there's a, a cavern of difference between comedy that makes fun of people and comedy that's like actually mean. Because I I'm of the belief, and I know that this is not something that everybody always thinks. And the other people who think it kind of in the internet world make people look bad for having this opinion. But I really do think that if you're intelligent enough and you're clever enough and you, you can read a social situation and everything, there's literally nothing that right from the jump, it's just like, no way, that's not, there's no way anyone can make it funny. I, I think that you can be smart enough, but the problem is, I don't think, I think like nobody's smart enough. People just think like, oh, all it is is like, I, I make a joke about, you know, a tragedy and everyone gets mad. It's like, whoa, you guys are just sensitive. No, you're 
not sensitive. I'm just a fan of good comedy. And you're offending <laughs> me, not as a person. Someday I'll be able to say that. I'm a fan of good comedy. We're not there yet. You, can say, you yeah. can say it now. You ju- mm-hmm. You're the one who defines what good is. <laughs> I mean, it's your, per- it's your qual- So, true, like, but... you're a fan of good comedy. And I'm saying this just puffed full because I, I've made her laugh like three times over the course of the podcast so now I'm going to be like no you like comedy you just like good comedy great comedy smart comedy comedy from me well and you you know you know that I'm now going to cut out anytime she laughed at any of your jokes so, oh yeah, so yeah, you're gonna, yeah, yeah. you were going to do that to me anyway so just leave every joke just a five seconds of dead silence every episode's four hours long but it's just so I can really sit and stew with like <laughs> joke Silence. Anyway, back to the game. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna swoop in with a, with a, with a. You can't do comedy anymore. Take here, which obviously I. That makes me so angry. I just add that yeah. there are a few yes. things that fill me yes. with more rage than the yeah. than the you can't do comedy anymore because the Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not going to colleges. No, no one's asking for you anymore, Jerry. It's 2022. You're irrelevant. No one wanted to cancel you. Just go away. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just do it. Just do it better and 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 yes. less and and less mean and yeah. like I swear you can pull it off. I I'm sure yes. that you can. You're all mm-hmm. you all you all think that you're such brilliant comedians. Figure it out, please. Figure it out. You, I know so you can. Lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So lazy to say that you can't do something anymore because, first of all, there's still people buying. Louis C.K. just got a Grammy. Nobody gets canceled for anything. It doesn't exist. Well, I mean, straight white men don't get canceled for anything. <laughs> That's true. Well, yes. <laughs> let's just let's just make that edit really quick. You know what I mean? If you are a straight white man, there is zero consequences. But that's for you. the only I person who complains about you know. canceled. Well, right. Yeah. Nobody yeah. nobody who complains about being canceled is actually canceled. Yeah. You know what it is? Ultimately, these people who complain about you can't do comedy, you get canceled. They're just rich people who haven't heard the word no in 30, 40 years. And, and like, like that's the, nobody tells them no. Nobody tells them they can't do things. Nobody tells them that their ideas are bad. There's no real human interaction anymore. It's all just kind of like, oh yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're Jerry Seinfeld. You're a billionaire. So when you go on the Late Show and tell a crummy joke and no one laughs in your head, that can't be. This isn't good anymore. I need to work on it. In your head, it's well. It's like the old the Principal Skinner thing. Am I out of touch? No, no. It's the children who are wrong. Like that's what it's it, it is for those people, and it's just no time for it, no truck for it. Is this taking a acerbic turn, Eric? You can keep this for the you can keep this. Oh open yeah, yeah. We're, this, this, is, this has been this has been keeping it sixteen hundred uh, on the Ringer yeah. Podcast Network. <laughs> no, 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 it has not. No, it has not. <laughs> Nobody's starting waxing poetic about the year two thousand and nine yet. Give us a minute. <laughs> Uh, the greatest time uh, anyways, of it all. I don't know. I don't know how we're gonna segue from any of that. So we're just gonna dive right in. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> that is our banter. <laughs> you know, what? Oh, be gosh. nice to each other despite yeah. the fact that we just tried to abandon that guy in a hallway. Dahlia and myself. Those were our characters. <laughs> I am yeah. not my character. Let Separate it be the art from the artist. Exactly. <laughs> I I don't just call Spanish people Manny. Like I, you know, we're, we're Sarah good would people. never leave someone. Like I would no, help Sarah this would person. Sarah would never. I no. would. Yeah. But Dahlia is like, got a job too. But Dahlia, and mm-hmm. when when the just you're a like she even came with like just a cable repairman at some point. Like she was holding nothing back. We got it. No, we got a mission. <laughs> 
Yeah. That was that was the darkest moment of the whole thing when you said yeah. he's just the cable repairman. <laughs> he's not an encyclopedia we're, salesman we're or anything. Charlie you know? Comcast over here. <laughs> or actually, no, it would have been like Al uh, Delphia back then. <laughs> oh, Deep God. cut cable company references, folks. That's what we're doing. I actually, here. I think the last episode of this of this podcast season is just going to be Chip Lynch and him going through being canceled once Twitter comes out. You know, yeah, Chip years Lynch's later. immediate cancellation for his <laughs> first tweet. The future is on floor seven. <laughs> <laughs> that's floor. That's floor eight. Is where they send the people who get canceled. <laughs> And that's where they all go, all of them, and they all have meetings, and they say, isn't this sad? Uh, let's reward each other with Grammys. All right, fellow white men, let's do it. And they all go, it's beautiful. Floor eight's where you want to be. Anyways. <laughs> that's the encyclopedia salesman is heading up there. So we... Yeah, we yeah, he's, <laughs> he's in trouble. We, uh, we, we left our agents, again, exploring the upper floors of the McAllister building that may or may not actually exist and they had uh they 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 came back together the the three of them uh met up again and met uh, a a young man who seems to be having a hard time <laughs> david 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 langford uh who claims to have been a a cable repair man who got stuck up here and doesn't seem to be able to to find his way out some of the agents had more sympathy for David than others did, but the the, the, the the ultimate conclusion is that he would follow along handcuffed as the three agents continued to try to make their way to the sixth floor where they believe Abigail Wright is. And we ended the last session with Chip Lynch catching a glimpse of a man in a pinstripe suit walking up the stairs toward the sixth floor, carrying a briefcase which is quite large and may or may not hold encyclopedias. Chip, you see this, you kind of hear the footsteps and you see this man just kind of turning and heading up another flight of stairs. You you barely catch a glimpse of him. What do you do? I probably put my arm out to kind of give everyone the the universal sign of like let's take this slow and quiet now. There's someone else on the stairwell. I'm sure they heard the footsteps or maybe they didn't, but I'm going to assume that they did and just kind of like give them like the whoop. like let's just slow, quiet Nothing, you know, nobody say anything, but keep going. We're not going to stop. We're just going to move at a kind of a slower pace. We don't want to bump into this guy in this setting. All right. So you continue making your way up the stairs and you kind of turn and head up the second half of the flight and you come to what looks to be the entrance to the sixth floor or at least the, the, the entryway that leads from the stairwell into another floor. You don't see anyone. What? I think this is our floor, right? Six. So the person that we just saw is no longer there? Yeah, Chip caught a quick glimpse of him, and he was rushing up the stairs, and when you get to the top of the stairs, you don't see him. There are also stairs leading further up if if you wanted to continue. Well, there is another oh. floor. But we're, we're positive that this is the sixth floor. Like, does it say sixth floor? Or are we just, like, It does counted, not say like sixth floor. It okay. just is up two floors yeah. from the smoking room. Okay. Or the floor that you thought was the one that you, the one that yeah. you came to with the smoking lounge. Yeah. So I mean, do we keep going if this guy kept walking, or should we check out this floor? Well, I think yeah. I think if we thought the sixth floor was where she was, and didn't now I don't know this. This is mm-hmm. Mikey, not not Chip. But didn't he say you'll know it when you see it to you guys? The apartment. Oh yeah, he said something kind of cryptic, like. Yeah, there was something I don't. I. I don't, if you're I looking for it, you'll notes. be able to find it. Okay. Which is 
Yeah. Feeling like a creepy thing that happens here, like... Depending on what you're looking for, different things mm-hmm. appear. Creepy old hotel man thing to say. Like, very <laughs> yeah. on brand for mm-hmm. him. So maybe before we go, just for, you know, we pause and say, reminder, what are we looking for? We're looking for Abigail right <laughs> yeah. on the sixth floor. <laughs> now everybody is looking for her, so just in case. You just speak it into it existence. Some, yeah, we have to speak. Yeah? It's like yeah. the secret. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine, I think Chip would turn to them and be like, so did uh, your conversation with the night manager give you an apartment number? I'm noticing not a lot of numbers on these doors, so I don't... I did say it was unmarked, but that if we were looking for it, we would be able to find it. <laughs> well, that's very weird. <laughs> so I guess they just kind of start looking and seeing. Yeah, let's just pick up the the what we did before, you know. Yeah, start got that jiggling door handles. Lipstick ready to <laughs> mark the doors we've tried. Yeah. Yeah. We made that plan, and then we literally opened one door, right? Yeah, and then yeah. We, well, yeah. we didn't want to find David. any other. We didn't want to adopt any other kids. Yeah, we had David. Risk it. Okay, we had one, and that was enough. So I guess, yeah, I guess we're just walking down, checking the doors. Kind of, I don't know if we're knocking. Would we knock and jiggle door handles here? Because I guess we do kind of think that that she's or the guy is here at least. Mm. I do think we should knock, and maybe you know. It seems far-fetched at this point that, like, a neighbor will answer the door and ask yeah. who we're looking for. But yeah. in case they do, do we want to continue saying um, friends of hers looking to collaborate on some art with her? Yeah. Haven't heard from her good. in a while? Yeah. Yeah, you take the uh, lead on this, uh, uh, Miss Ivanova. You, you do the talking. I, I'll i get back into character as Robert October. Yes, yes. <laughs> my security detail. Yes. So are you... Are you all going to one door and knocking on it and then moving to the next one and knocking on it? Are you all trying different doors? I would imagine we're moving as a unit now, probably. That feels best. Yeah. Feels smart, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would stick together. Fucking David behind Except for David. David's not coming in with us. David is just (laughs) standing by the door. Yeah. I mean, we lost Chip for ages, so... Yeah, before we started walking, I we I we turned to David and we, like pointed to the door of the stairwell. And we're like, "Here, don't move." Yeah, because we can't explain him. He's not yeah. looking for like he's not with us. <laughs> Andy's handcuffed, isn't he? Yeah, so, not the best look if we're trying to pull things over. Yeah, I mean he 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 he's definitely gonna want to keep you in sight, so he's not gonna like sit in the stairwell, but he'll like stay at the, he'll stay at the entrance to the floor yeah, and kind of look down and keep an eye on you. Yeah, he's okay. our watch, our, our watch man. Our puppy. All right, so we start knocking on doors. Yeah, you, you start you start knocking on doors. You you knock on the first one, Dahlia, nobody answers. Mm. Is it locked? Uh, no, it's not locked. Should we open it? Do it. You're in charge. And one of the like, you know, open the door, knock, knock, hello, anyone there? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Friendly sort of opening um, a door, uninvited. Sure. So you you open up the door. It 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 enters into a, a hotel room, um, similar to many of the ones Chip saw. Though this one looks much more lived in. And the the first thing that you smell is kind of a a strong scent of old like smoke and alcohol and sweat. Like it's like it's been lived in heavily. It's super messy. Uh, you see their clothes kind of scattered all over the bed and the floor. They look, you know, o- older, you know, 1920s, 1930s. They look well-worn and sweat-stained. There's empty bottles of liquor that look like they're scattered around the room. There's a suitcase sitting open on the bed, empty. There's a typewriter across the across the way on a small oak desk. 
and there's a phonograph next to the desk. Mm-hmm. And Dahlia, you immediately recognize it. It's either the same phonograph or a very similar to to the one that was playing the song that the clown was dancing to in Washington Square Park. Oh, no. It's his room. I know. What size are the clothes on the ground? Yeah. Sweaty uh, baby clothes stained ew. by nicotine. Um, I'm just going to pause and say, like, do we want to investigate this room? Like, to the team, do we want to investigate this room or do we want to keep literally knocking on doors? I think I now we're check. at a point where we'd be poking around, like okay. we'd mm-hmm. be lifting up stuff, looking at the typewriter. Just kind of now we're in we're in yeah. investigation mode. We're, we I think everybody okay. probably has some sense of like we're in fairly deep shit at this point, and we might okay. as well just be grasping for whatever we can grab. Okay. I want to see if there's anything in the typewriter, like yeah, yeah. you know, something typed. Written I want to see what's in the suitcase. All work and no play. So Dahlia, Dahlia is walking over to the suitcase. Veronica, you're walking over to the typewriter. What are you doing, uh, Chip? He's gonna uh, walk over to the phonograph. Okay. Probably put it on. Uh, as soon as you get over to the phonograph, it starts playing music of its of its, of its own it. accord. <sighs> and Dahlia, you now you're sure you recognize this song as the same one that was playing in Washington Square Park, and I need you to roll me. I actually need you to roll me two sanity checks, Dahlia, and Veronica and Chip, I need you to each roll me one for the fact that this started playing of its own accord. Okay. All right. My first sanity check, 11 under 43. Okay. I'll do uh, 52 over uh, 47. All right. Take one point of sanity damage, Chip. Okay. And I got 21 under 69. All right. You're fine. And then Dahlia, your other one? customer. My second one is an 84 (laughs) over 43. All right, to also take one point of sanity damage. What are you, that's three away now? Two. I'm at 42 and my breaking point is 40. Oh dear. Oh dear, indeed. We're gonna get to see crazy Dahlia. (laughs) (laughs) So, So Veronica, you walk over to the typewriter and there are papers kind of scattered all over the desk, not in neat piles, just kind of strewn about. There's also a piece of paper that's in the typewriter. And they're all blank. Dahlia, when you walk over to the suitcase, you see that it's it's empty. And there are three, there's initials engraved on the side of the suitcase. M-G-H. Don't, that's nobody we... I know, that's, I was like, Monty's middle... Wait, 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 wait. What was yeah. Monty's middle name? I don't, I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this because I know this is from the old, the previous I podcast. But, I don't know, but, but oh my gosh, you, you, as, you as Lindsay can say it, but. Okay, I as Lindsay, I'm going to say, yeah. I don't know. That's the first one that came to mind, right? Like, yeah, no, same. I didn't think yeah. of Montgomery. I'm so excited. I did. That's yeah. right. His first name is Mont, and his middle name is Gummery, and his last name is Hot. <laughs> M-G-H. Yeah. Little known fact, that's how yeah. Montgomery is. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> in his yeah. case, his name is Montgomery. Yeah. Well, that's Ooh. very exciting. I guess none of the characters could be like, Oh, my favorite turn of the century letterist from France. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps he owned this. Yeah. <laughs> but what is it? Yeah, the what's his job title? Uh, He's like yeah, an be- article be- writer. Bellatrist, I think. Bellatrist, yeah, Bellatrist. Fancy man. Yeah. So yeah, I guess the phonograph's playing. I I would probably try to move the needle off because I don't want it actually. You're gonna touch it. 
Well, I, it's play. I didn't touch it to Dang. start it, okay. but now I, I'm going to touch it to turn it off. I guess you weren't there earlier, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah so I don't know that I'm going to... The living god is going to kiss me on the neck, so... <laughs> <laughs> Does it, is it singing, like, words that we can hear or something, right? Because I know this is the first time that Chip and Veronica have heard it. Yeah, no, it's 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 just instrumental, and when you okay. move the needle off, it, it does start slowly rotating more, rotating more slowly and stops. And you can see that it's a, it's a record that's called Whatever Happened to Abby by Phil Hart and the Hart Heps, released in 1928 <gasps> is the date on there. Abby? Is well, it Abigail? That's kind of coincidence. Wait, who is it by? Sorry, Whatever Happened to Abby by whom? Phil Hart and the Hart Heps. In the year? 1928. Okay. And this is the same song that I heard in the park. It is the same song you heard in the park, yes. Is it a song we would be familiar with, uh, myself or Veronica or even Dahlia? No, I, I don't believe that any of you would be familiar with it, no. Okay. Forgot to mention, my character is a big fan of Phil Hart and the Hart Heps. That's a big part of my character. <laughs> it's a huge part of your sheet. character. <laughs> the cornerstone of the personality. Yeah, it's really <laughs> one of his core beliefs is liking Phil Hart and the Hart Heps. So he recognizes it. No, I guess uh, Chip would turn to the two of them and be like, uh, have either of you ever heard of this one? I mean, you want to talk about a coincidence. Whatever happened to Abby? That's what we're asking and ourselves. I'm going to, like, make eye contact with Veronica and be like, I, I've heard this song. I heard this song. I think I heard this song in the park. We should look around and, like, not stay too long in here. Now, would okay. Chip have heard that? Or was he out of earshot? I think I say it and, like, I, I'm making eye contact with Veronica so that she, like, maybe gets the connection of when I heard it. But um, okay. but I've said it to the room of like, oh, I have heard this. And like, we don't want to listen to it for too long. Got it. She's going to note that I know it's like information tied in. Was there something, did something happen in the park? I mean, I, I remember just, I was over there with Marcus. But when I was, when I was over there, something, I mean, I heard you say park, you know. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry if I'm being rude. Nothing important. Just seems linked to this strange place. Mm, I feel like it all may be, uh, but... I trust we'll we'll figure it out. I I hope. As you're all talking, you hear something, and for a second, I think all three of you think that the record player has started up again because you start hearing a song again. But you quickly realize that that's not what it is. It sounds like somewhere off in the distance, kind of out back into the hallway or somewhere on somewhere else on this floor. There's a little girl that's singing. No. Come on. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Wait, is the door <laughs> open? Did we come into this room and like close the door to the hallway? Uh, I, I, I doubt that you closed the door. I, like, no, I would have loved if you yeah. kept it propped open. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. okay. like, who knows what hallway we will end back up? Exactly. Yeah, I think we'll have lost that guy we've for sure. We've been doing that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we could just? Yeah. I guess we can kind of assume that our characters do that. Do we have to state it every time, Eric? Or will you? Will you give us that you keep it open? A, no, I. Yeah, benevolent I won't. Master. Yes, I'm. I'm generally benevolent. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I would agree. We should. We would definitely keep the door like prop. Okay. Yeah. And then we hear a little girl singing. That's yes. <laughs> I certainly hope that that's David. <laughs> it does not sound like David. <laughs> Are there rooms leading off? To, like, is there a bathroom? Is there a sitting room? Like, we're just in this one hotel room. There there's a there's a door that you think is probably a bathroom. Let's open it up. Yeah. Veronica will open it up. Okay. It is a bathroom. Oh. Can I also just like while we're here? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing all of that like just the like the breath held as like opening a door for the bathroom. Yeah. Nope, just a toilet. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like the 
It's the horror movie moment where we'd open the door and there'd be nothing there, and then we'd be like, oh, but then in the mirror, you'd oh, see exactly. that Mark Rark was behind us. Like the double screen paranoia sets in. Yeah. yeah. Um, does it seem like the singing is coming from inside this room or like out in the hallway? Out in the hallway or from a different room on this floor or something like that. It's, okay. it's more in the distance. Chip sticks his head out, yeah. I'm down to like keep investigating in here while that and mm-hmm. not have to go investigate her singing at the moment. Can I like pick up the clothes and see if there's like anything in the pockets, like any papers or watches or clues in any of the like that? Uh, no, you don't find any jewelry or anything like that. And it mm-hmm. seems like the only paper in the room is what's blank. sitting on the writing desk. And it's all blank. Yes, it's all blank. Okay. And also, uh, Chip having learned nothing um, and being a, a goody two-shoes, here's this little kid singing and he has now, he's like poked his head out to try to determine where it's coming from. And he started to just kind of like not walk full, like he's not leaving everybody, but he's starting to sort of uh, uh, cheat towards that direction, saunter a little bit, see if he can check the source, because I think he would want to, if there's a kid here, that's probably not good. When you poke your head out, of the of the room into the hallway, you can at least tell what direction the sound is coming from. It seems like it's coming it's coming from the left as you're kind of poking your head out. I turn back to them and say, uh, "I think do you guys hear a, a child?" Yeah, I hear it. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing that as well. Should we go check it out? She's. I can't imagine that that's safe. I I, I would feel. Uh, I feel like we should check the source of that. I mean, I, I don't mind going. You can, if you want to that's continue fine. to look through here, but I think we should see where that's coming from. I think we should stay together. Also, how do we feel about mm-hmm. leaving this room and just marking on the door, like, check mark, music notes. Yeah. Good idea. And keep going. That's good. Are we taking anything? I don't think so. We didn't find no. anything of no, yeah, we don't need the record. Okay, yeah, let's go. No, I mean, the, you know, the suitcase just has the initials, and I think, you know, Veronica's get, kind of keeping copious notes about these things, yeah. but I don't think we need to take it with us. Yeah, probably because she has such good notes, and we know, like, oh, okay, we don't need to. Yeah. So, yeah, we start walking down the hallway, still just kind of carefully listening for the source of this music, look back to make sure David's still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he he uh, he is eyeing you, and he's he's actually starting to, as you get further away, he's starting to kind of step out of the stairwell and walk down the hallway towards you. Go away, David. (laughs) (laughs) Are we, is there like doors between, because I know we're walking further down the hallway. Do we want to check any of the other doors like on our way, if there's any? There are definitely doors. You can, you hear that the the voice or the singing is coming from further down the hallway. Oh, okay. I recommend like continuing to knock on each door on the way to get there, but what do you guys think? Let's do it. Like, I don't want to get too distracted. Like, our, you know, that yeah. makes sense. A methodical goal to try and find Abigail. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think, I know for Veronica, she's, like, very detail-oriented. So it's, like, it. all of these things are going to come together in some way. So if we do open these doors and see, you know, get little pieces of something, let's do it. Yeah, Chip has definitely got his, his mind and eyes are kind of forward, trying to make sure he's triangulating the source of the singing, but... I'm not, uh, he's fine mm-hmm. stopping and checking stuff. He's just distracted. So one thing, Chip, is you kind of strain to, you know, your your focus is a little bit more on the singing than it is on the doors. You can't tell what words are being sung. You can't tell if it's because it's too far away or you're just not sure. But like the there's no you 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 can't hear you can't understand any lyrics. Like it, it's clear that someone is singing words, but you don't understand the lyrics at all. 
This feels like the kind of thing that would would get into under his, his skin in a weird kind of way of like what's what like with everything that's been going on, the sort of vagueness of this I feel like would would be, he'd be really distracted by it. Like he'd he'd keep looking and, and listening and trying to make out the words and like he would not be very helpful in the room investigations at the moment because I think this would really get to him. So Dahlia and Veronica, you knock on a few more doors. No one comes to answer. No one's coming to like responding to your your knock. Are they open though? A few of them are unlocked. You swing them open. They look more like, uh, you know, a couple of them are the are kind of more nicely appointed hotel rooms that don't look like anybody's been in them for a while. Mm-hmm. And there are a few, and I don't know if either of you have seen these before, but of the rooms that are just kind of, they look like they've been destroyed and they're totally waterlogged and they, they're filled with garbage. Okay. Okay. So I think continue to like open them and just put a check mark on the ones that we get access to. Yeah, definitely do that. There's nothing like, um, you know, like in the first room, there was like some like personal effects, like the rest seem either just like filled with garbage or are pretty empty and not very lived in. Yes, that's right. You know, okay. There's nothing okay. There's nothing that really stands out for many of them other than ones that look totally abandoned and ones that look nice but haven't been lived in okay. recently. All right. And so as you're doing that, Chip, I feel like you you keep getting drawn further and further down the hallway and... The voice that you're hearing kind of changes. It starts to... The only way you can describe it is to slow down. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I think that he would first kind of, like, to, to uh, the other two, like, did, did, are you still hearing this? Is, this is, is the music slowing down for you? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. It, once, once you focus on it a little bit, it, it does sound like it's slowing down okay. a little bit. I think that's okay. good. And I think that, like, in that moment, now that they've both acknowledged it so he knows he's not going crazy, at that point, he just kind of mutters to himself, like, this is what is going on here. And he starts to make a, like, now I'm, I'm kind of walking with purpose towards it. I've, I've started, begun to abandon my, my job here, and I'm starting to look now directly for where is this coming from? I need to know. And mm-hmm. so, Chip, as you start moving that way, you come to kind of a, a perpendicular, the hallway kind of ends, and there's another hallway perpendicular to it that leads off in either direction. And it's clear that the sound, the singing, is coming from the right side, and you kind of turn and look, and rather than another long hallway, just a, you know maybe 20 feet in front of you, the hallway kind of opens into another kind of large dance hall, similar to the one that you saw all the marionettes in, like a big ballroom. You don't see the source of the singing, but you know that it's coming from in that room. I give them both. I like give them the come on, like I found something over here. Oh god! And then like the be careful. And I I I think that now this is probably a point where I instinctively put the hand to the holster as I walk towards this with the singing. Now I think I'm discombobulated enough that like I'm in. I'm ready to I'm ready to rumble if need be. So he he starts walking in with hand on his gun into this ballroom closer to the source of the singing. Dahlia and Veronica, do you follow after him? The hallway just opens into a ballroom? There's no... Well, the the hallway the hallway that you're in ends in kind of a, you know, like ends where, and there's another hallway perpendicular. Mm-hmm. And then kind of as Chip has turned, the, the, the room at the end of, you know, a little bit ahead that at, at the end of the, this new hallway is a big ballroom. 
Yeah. Like, usually it's on the ground floor of a hotel, but it's like when you walk down the floor, like, you walk down. And there's just only an archway, that, or, like, the door is open, or just... It's usually, like, yeah, a double it's door, like a, it's right? like an yeah. archway, yeah. Or, yeah, or, like, mm-hmm. big double doors that are open into this, into this mm-hmm. like, dance And room. they're open? Okay. Yes, they are open. And if we glance down to the left, like not towards the ballroom, but the other way, is it just more doors? Yes. Yes. It's it's that hallway kind of extends further than you can see. Okay. Um, I think that Victoria would follow Chip. She's going to stay probably a couple paces behind him and um, up near the wall. Lindsay, Lindsay pulling a Mikey from season one and forgetting her character's name. I was Veronica. just about to say that. I was like, oh, we are losing our minds in here. Your name is like, what did I just say? Victoria. You said Victoria. Victoria. Oh, God. Yeah. Season one. What did I kept call Daniel. I kept calling myself Daniel. You kept calling yourself Daniel. <laughs> but like, she... Lindsay did it once. I did it like eight times, like in a row. It it got to a point where we might as well have just called me Daniel. (laughs) We're gonna start doing the formal. uh, So, Miss Doyle. uh, Yes, Miss Doyle. (laughs) Notice the first two episodes. That's what I did all the time. That's called being a professional, (laughs) or be having a very bad memory. Well, I mean, a professional podcaster. When you don't remember the first name, you go with what you can remember, and you make you it go sound with like it's you good. Can remember. <laughs> it's like when okay. uh, you're teaching and you don't you don't remember a kid's name. You go, how do you spell that name? And then they'll say it, and they'd be like, oh. But I had to do that one time for a program when I was directing a play, and I did it. And the kid's name was Ava Green, and I was like, oh yeah. She was like A V A, and I was like, oh no, your last name, your last name. And she was like Green, and I was like. <laughs> I but mean, with like an e with on the end? E at the end? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I went with. <laughs> Good. I love the instant cover. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this kid's okay, well, on to me. <laughs> Vic, v- sorry, Veronica. I almost did it again. <laughs> Veronica. She's going to write at the top of it. I don't know why, like, six episodes in, this is, like, You've decided for me I don't like that name anymore. Yeah, it's changed all of a sudden. So Veronica is going to follow Chip, but she's going to stay a little bit behind him. Sounds good. And then Dahlia? I guess I follow along. All right. She's coming along for the ride. So, Chip, you pass underneath the archway, and you see this large dance hall. And something about it, it's, you know, you initially thought it was almost exactly like the ballroom that you had seen before. But something about this makes it seem almost more like it's a performance hall rather than, you know, a place to have a party. But it is still large and wide open. And... In the middle of the dance hall, you see a little girl. She is singing and kind of dancing to a tune. And now you're hearing music playing that's accompanying her singing. And you don't see a source of the music at all. You also notice that she is covered in like a white gauze-like material that's obscuring her features. And she's just kind of like twirling in loops like she's dancing a waltz and singing. And now you're sure that she's speaking some language that you don't know. Does, do we recognize any, either of you bilingual, trilingual? I don't know. Speak what French. That, is that French? It is definitely not French. <laughs> <laughs> Can I use like any of my history or art history to like help? narrow down this language yeah it is not any language that that any of of you have ever encountered before fucking dead language of the deep ones does it feel occult 
Uh, maybe. I mean, yeah, I guess the closest thing that it would feel like for Dahlia is that it w it's some sort of spell, but only be... And not that not that you actually think it's a spell or some sort of kind of ritual, but it just that the, the words sound so foreign, like they don't belong to any earthly language. I turned to both of them and... and are, are either of you good uh, communicating with children? I don't really... I mean, I'll do it, but I don't... What are we going to talk about? Oh, I don't, I don't know if we should approach this child. Or are we sure I, it's a child? I mean, it's covered in gauze. I don't know if this is... It could be yeah. a mummy. <laughs> Maybe we should keep to the task at hand. So it's a completely empty ballroom, this masked this covered child is spinning and dancing in a language we don't know to music we don't know where it's coming from is there any other doors like that we see like leading from that ballroom yeah there there are a few other doors on other sides of the room and mm -hmm. as you're kind of looking and scoping out the scene she starts to slow down even more and the the singing slows down at the same pace that the music slows down and the da and her dancing movements slow down at the same pace and then she comes to a stop and the music stops and the singing stops and her dancing stops and she's like frozen in place in the middle of her dance it's midnight now yeah, chip would lean forward and are you all right young lady are you uh, hello it was a lovely dance hola she's <laughs> not responding no Okay, well, I think that we can, uh, uh, with this a loose end, we're not going to tie up, but... Yeah, <laughs> there, are, there are not, sorry, I think you already asked this, Lindsay, but there are not other doors, other things in this room. There, there are some other doors that lead in other directions. It's a really oh, large sure. room, so there are a few other doors kind of on other sides of the room. Hmm. No, we should, no. Do we want to keep the same method of, like, checking those doors and marking them? Or is that, like, inviting distraction? No, I mean, I kind of, I feel like that's right. We're trying to find, we're trying to find Abigail on the sixth floor. Like we have to keep checking these doors, but like, yeah. I don't know. Now I'm like, should we check the doors near this weird kid or should we? Yeah, because our thing is what, it's like we, the thing about Delta Green is like, we got to identify the threat or whatever. Right. I think we yeah. all, all three of us have like differing levels of comfort with that. But I guess it's like a team decision as to what is more, what is going to, bring us closer to the threat are we kind of at a point now where we're like this is bigger than abigail right this is a huge thing yeah and we've got to figure mm -hmm. that out and if that's the case then we'd probably investigate the ballroom yeah. and kind yeah. of just be like what's going on in the like this feels like a big picture big threat thing we got a mummy baby we have a clown yeah. baby we got a mummy baby yeah. and now it's singing mm -hmm. so like this feels closer to that, but if we feel like the biggest threat is that encyclopedia salesman or whatever, like he's the devil at the center, then we would probably go to the hallway. So it would be, yeah. yeah I feel like we'd probably stay in the ballroom. That's me. Yeah. But. Can we? I just wanted to look up. Like, can we? Can we see? Like, is the ceiling present? Are there any like balconies or anything like that over this? You look up and around. You don't see any balconies in this okay. particular room. And also, Eric Dahlia's trying to put some pieces together. When she saw the dancing clown in the park, it was dancing in like a circular pattern that filled her with dread, right? She's starting to assume that that's the same pattern that was written on the newspaper. And then... Yeah, so yeah, what, you saw a clown and he was... The clown was waving a paper dragon through the air and was doing so... It was like... what Seemed to be like 
drawing out a shape in the air with the paper dragon. Yes. And that was what you drew, and that was the same shape that was on this piece of newspaper. Did the girl seem to be dancing in the same shape? No, she seemed to no. be, like, okay. doing a waltz. She's by doing herself. a Macarena. <laughs> Just full on. Dun, Just dun, checking. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Right. Okay. And we can't really see her face underneath all of this. No, her features are obscured by the gauze-like material. Okay. Did stupid David follow us into the ballroom? Yeah, David, David has arrived yeah. in the ballroom at this point. Great. <laughs> okay. Let's just have him sit with the girl and just make sure she doesn't leave. David babysit for us. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what, what, what is that? Who, who is that? I don't know. I don't know who you are. Puppy number two, David. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> you got to, you know, for a guy who's just trying to get out of here, you got a lot of complaints, David. <laughs> David starts like slowly walking toward the girl. No, I'm sure what? that can't go okay. wrong. Oh, David. Can I I can I snap at him? I'm like, sit down. Stop. Like, please, please don't get in the way. Make me a persuade check. Okay. Ugh, 77 over 70. Wait, oh, that's just, a critical, that's a critical failure. Anybody. Oh, what? no. <laughs> David's going to turn on. No. Because <laughs> it's doubles? Yeah, because it's doubles. Oh. David. I should have been nice to him. I'm sorry, you guys. Right. So he's, he's walking toward... He's walking toward the little girl, and you kind of, like, snap at him. He looks over his shoulder, and it's as if he, like, now sees you for what he believes you are, and that you're also part of whatever is happening up here in this building. And he, like, stumbles as he's as he's turning to look at you and falls into the girl. Ah! And as he does, she collapses... And you see just thousands of clockwork pieces scatter across the floor. And I need all of you to make me a sanity check. Like gears of a clock? Like she was cl- like she was clockwork, like she and once she was knocked over, she was uh, uh, all the pieces fell out. Oh my Fucking God. Kramer fell into her. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I got a 17 under 42. 42 under, I think a 47, but let me double check. Oh, no, 42 under 46. Woo. Okay. And I got a seven under 69. Man, you three are keeping it together. The <laughs> keeping coolest it together. for the job. <laughs> yeah. Delta, well, hey, look, we're Delta Green veterans. You didn't want to do a mission with rookies, Eric. Best lady right. counties are like deeply, <laughs> deeply broken people. I think, yeah, I like, think these are people whatever. who are just... <laughs> Yeah. I think we all actually had a psychological breaking point like when we walked into this building yeah. and it's yeah. just been like, like well I put I put my yeah. money on clock girl and I'm glad that I did. You know, I knew it was gonna happen at some point. Okay. And so David at this point he sees this happen and he like curls himself into the fetal position as best he can with the handcuffs and is just like muttering to himself and like breathing really heavy, like he's ha- like he's totally in the middle of a, a either a mental break or a panic attack or something like that. Oh no, David. I say, uh, looks like things might have kicked into another gear here. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. You looked at you look directly at the camera and say that. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand? Uh l- let's go let's go check out these doors. Yeah. Let's I mean let's just make this happen here. Let David collect I think himself. uh I think that Chip would go over like while we're there moving towards the doors and to yeah. to investigate like the gears like themselves pick up one of them and kind of just oh that's a good idea look at it and see if there's anything do I have any of the any sigils on it yeah right 
Um, yes. I have a zero zero in science. <laughs> no, no, no. So you 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 look at the parts, and you know there it's springs and gears and things that you would expect to see in you know in in something that was made of clockwork. But all of the pieces have a a maker's mark on them. It's on some of the smaller pieces. It's really hard to see because it's imprinted very small. But on some of the larger gears, you can make out written in a like looping script. G Castain and then FR period 1435 Does the name uh, G Castain mean anything to either of you? Yeah, that's the night manager. Of course it is. But the numbers what what uh, I look at the gear again because I forgot. <laughs> yes, it was FR period 1435. How about FR period 1435? <laughs> 500 years old. He's so old. Is that a year? FR, for oh. real, 1,500. Yeah. I was thinking France. Oh, yeah, no, it probably is France. You're so, yeah, duh. duh. I'm becoming really, really, really old. <laughs> um, they all have the same number on them. It's not like serial numbers for different pieces. Yes, they all have the same number on them. It's how many floors there are in this building. All right, so... Okay, so you do you actually you wanna you wanna just leave all the clockwork pieces on the ground and head off into one of the other doors? Leave 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 David here just just in a heap. That's my vote. Yeah, I pick up I'll pick up one of the bigger ones as like uh, uh, so we have reference to the it and we can fit it with things and shoot a look to David and say, uh, chin up, we'll we'll, we'll get. We'll be this. back. And then mm-hmm. yeah. So we we go to the first I guess the biggest door or the first left most oriented door I don't know yeah. but it doesn't and I'd matter. say since it. these don't seem to be rooms that people like personal rooms we don't need to knock anymore we just open them no yeah. we just open the door yeah <laughs> I think it's I, I I just find it so funny that you're that all three of you are still like going about this as if this is all like <laughs> I'm what I what I expect to find on the other side of this door is what I'm going to find on the other side <laughs> exactly of the door. yeah there's, there's, a, there's an optimism to the to the like we'll be fine but there's it, not it, gonna be any there's it makes sense because you keep passing your sanity checks, right? So, it, mm-hmm. so, so yeah. somehow you're rationalizing all of this in your brain. Like, yes, right. this does actually make sense. We are playing very much like veterans of the the like. We know mm-hmm. that we're open the door, and it could be a circus with just baby clowns climbing left and right. But that's we're Delta Green. We understand that when we take the mission. Yep. I would assume yeah. mm-hmm. it's kind of like the X Files. How like. At a certain point, Mulder and Scully stopped getting scared. They just would be like, whoa, that's pretty far out. Like, we knew something was going to be weird, and that's why yeah, we're here. we knew and it was going to be is. weird. Yeah. So we're just, here we go. Like, we're just doing Gotta our... Gotta move forward. There's no other... We yeah. have to survive, because people are going to want this team back. I'm just I agree. You that right <laughs> I really, really agree. But I'm also going to knock on some wood. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm seconds away from death Salt every time. Right. Fall, so. The next round, we're all gonna fail catastrophically. Fail sanity yeah, and, checks, and then it's gonna and be just, three. And crazy it'll be like people. we kill each other. <laughs> yeah. And David, David is revealed to be the master. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Move so in. speaking of seconds away from death, you mm-hmm. you walk over to a door oh. and you you no. open it up and you the door opens onto a room, a huge airy room filled with all sorts of mahogany furniture, mostly shelves, but with like huge shelves of books and mahogany tables and chairs. And it just looks like this expansive, very fancy library. No. 
of course. I don't want to go in there. So we walk in and it's just like shelves, just shelves and shelves of books and seats. Yeah, with and with some t- with some tables and with some okay. with some couches and chairs that you could sit down and read. Okay. I think I go. Chip will go over to see how the books are organized. Yeah. Are they encyclopedias? Oh yeah. <laughs> so as as soon as you three kind of start kind of moving towards Wait. some of the shelves. I feel like I kind of Dolly, I kind of want to pause in the doorway of like literally a foot in and a foot out. Okay, that's fine. Cool. But if you guys walk closer to the books, that's fine. But oh yeah, no, the, mm-hmm. the, the agent agent Chipwich is walking to those books. We okay, all, yeah, we all. He wanted to read right in. She's going right in. Yeah, he he can't read. It's gonna. This is a heartbreaking scene where he reveals he's illiterate. So Chip, you want to um, start looking at the books? Yeah, I want to see how they're organized because I think what what I would do is just because it's the it's the first name in my head, I would see how the authors are organized and go look at C for this. Just because now we're just trying to put things together, do the actual investigating part. So, I've got this gear. It says cast or whatever. I'm gonna go look and see if I can find that name in the in the books. Okay, and what about you, Veronica? Um, I think if if when we walk in, um, it's just like rows and rows of bookshelves. I think she's going to start walking like in the middle of them towards to try and see if she can find like a center of the room, get like a better idea of how far, how deep this uh, room goes. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So Chip, you start looking at the books and there are, there are so many books here. Um, just, just rows and rows of books. And you, a couple of, uh, things stand out to you. It seems like there are a lot of books about history. It seems like there's a lot of books about like zoology, strangely, like lots of books about animals and science seem to be kind of the main themes of the books that you're seeing. How are they? Uh, um, are they organized by type or are they organized by author or like traditional library setup where it's sections and then alphabetical? Do you have any skills that you like? I don't know bureaucracy yes, or. Yes, I have very. I have forty bureaucracy, and I have ten history. That's not great. Yeah, no, I guess just and twenty percent military science. So yeah, <laughs> all right, bureaucracy. You start to try to get a sense of the way these books are organized, and you've seen some. You know, you you kind of run through the same organizational systems that you just mentioned to me by author, by title, Dewey Decimal System. Whatever, however, these books are organized, you you really do get a sense that they are organized in some way, but it is incomprehensible to you. Great. So I think I I, I scan, and now I'm looking for anything that says what's the name of the building? Uh, the McAllister Building. McAllister Building. I'm looking for McAllister. I'm looking for names. I'm looking for the case of the haunted hotel. I'm looking for any kind of book. I've and I could use a search. Because I have a 70 if you want me to. But I uh, can no, do a search No, role. you don't have to. You don't have to. But I will... Uh, I'm just looking for a whatever book is on that pile that grabs this guy's attention is the one he's going to pull out. Sounds good. So as you're looking for those, Veronica, you start kind of heading down what looks like a central pathway that might lead closer to the middle of the room. And Dahlia, before you know it, Chip has turned down an aisle of books... And Veronica has moved down the central pathway, and they're both out of view of you. Does that change what you're doing? Oh, gosh. I, I think I'll call out and be like, Veronica, like I, if you go further, I can't see you. Should we have someone stay at the door, or should I come join you? All right, Veronica, you don't hear that. Okay. She 
doesn't hear me? And if I say, like, Veronica louder, like, no response? No response. Oh, God. Um, I guess I go... Damn it. <laughs> I guess I go in there. I'm not trying to get stranded alone, but... Mm. All right, so as, as soon as you walk in and kind of look down the central pathway to try to get a glimpse of Veronica, you do see her. Okay. And you look back, and the door has disappeared. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Not again. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the one time you finally walked away from yeah. And as you're realizing that, uh, Veronica, you, you make a little bit more progress down and you find what looks like, I don't know, maybe kind of a central reading area. There's a little bit more furniture here. And you see that there's a woman sitting in one of the chairs. And as you see her, she also sees you. And she's a she's kind of a squat, youngish woman. And she's wearing, I don't know, you would just probably describe them as like rebellious or like anti-establishment clothes. She has like a hemp vest and, pa- and pants and like a Mustafa hat and beads. And she stands up and looks at you and says, what are you doing in my apartment? And that is where we are going to end our story for now. Because we didn't knock. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this podcast was published by arrangement with the Delta Green Partnership. The intellectual property known as Delta Green is a trademark and copyright owned by the Delta Green Partnership who has licensed its use here. The Impossible Landscapes campaign is copyright Dennis Detwiller, and the contents of this podcast are copyright Nature of My Game podcast, accepting those elements that are components of the Delta Green intellectual property. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the Nature of My Game podcast at NOMG Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at nomgpodcast.com. To support us on Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash nomgpodcast.